At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana. I am your host, Christopher Habig, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. Today's conversation is a little bit familiar, but a little bit foreign. What we're doing is we're talking to Drew Ellison, the CEO of Benefit Management's team. And what Drew does and what his team does is focus on the individual health insurance market. Now, that might not seem very sexy to the casual listener, but a lot of our time, a lot of our conversations on Healthcare Americana have been bent towards trying to rewrite and redefine benefits from the employer standpoint. Drew and his team are coming in from, again, benefits management team and looking at it and attacking the individual side of it, of health insurance. So, Drew, welcome to Healthcare Americana. To me, that looks like you're competing against the almighty Affordable Care Act. Yes and no. I mean, you know, I'll tell you right now, the Affordable Care Act, um, which is, uh, you know, specifically built more for the individual market. I mean, you have the shop plans for groups, but uh, most of the uh, enrollments on the ACA are individuals. And with that being said, the ACA works for some. You know, there's people that have to have it. And then there's, you know, there's another target. There's another market of people that that it looks very attractive to because of their income, their household size, you know, but, but, but our target market is, is the individual, you know, the small business owner, the owner operator, the guy that, you know, eats what he kills. He's the plumber under the sink, you know, the trucker behind the wheel, if he's not working or she's not working, they're not getting paid. And, you know, typically their income is not doing them any favors on the ACA. So, so it's those folks that, we really have an opportunity to help in, in, uh, in the free market outside of the ACA. I find it fascinating because, yeah, oh, on one level, you are competing for those individuals with, you know, government takeover of healthcare. But on the other side, I mean, you're hitting what it sounds like a niche of people who are basically falling through the cracks. And that's not an insignificant amount of people in the United States these days. No, absolutely. I mean, you look at... Uh, when they give you the number of uninsured individuals, that's not necessarily the true number of uninsured individuals. That's just the number of individuals that don't have the insurance plan that the government says is sufficient. In other words, then ACA plan, Medicaid, Medicare, employer coverage. But there are plans outside of those you know, you do have companies that have extensive portfolios and great reputations that target that market that, again, the ACA doesn't work well for, you know, the individual needs coverage for themselves and their family. And, you know, to be quite honest, those policies, aside from being 25% of the cost of an ACA plan, they really put you in more control of your healthcare than, you know, an ACA plan would, where an ACA plan is going to have a very condensed market, you're going to use, you know, that carrier's providers, you know, these are 
typically nationwide PPO networks. You can um, shop for the carrier that best fits your needs, or excuse me, the provider uh, that best fits your needs, the provider that offers the best quality of care at the best cost. And that is ultimately the direction that that healthcare is heading. And there's a large network of healthcare experts from advisors like myself to TPAs, to network builders, you know, PPO network guys that are now getting into the DPC network building, CEOs of large medical groups. I mean, there really is a large network of folks out there that are working toward educating the market on the direction of healthcare being a more patient-centered model. Yeah, and that is absolutely needed. I tell people all the time, they say, well, that's, you know, direct care is great. I've never heard of it before. What's your biggest challenge? And it's like, you just said it, right? People have never heard about this before. They don't understand there's a different way to go about doing this. So what does a typical conversation look like when you're talking to, like you said, an owner operator, somebody who's out there, sole proprietorship or single member LLC who say, all right, an employee employer coverage plan is cost prohibitive. It's just myself, maybe my family, dependents, wife, spouse. They're looking, they're out of options. Yeah, it really is on a case-by-case basis, you know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I've been in this market since 05 and, and specifically the individual health space. In fact, when the ACA became law, it took a year for everybody to kind of figure it out. And that was when I really expanded my portfolio because the direction of healthcare was so uncertain. I'm like, hell, I better learn Medicare. I better learn life. I better learn, you know, and, and uh, I spent a good portion of, you know, 2015 doing that, but ultimately stayed in the individual health space because people needed help navigating more than ever. And they still do. So to answer your question, you know, it's a case by case basis and it's about educate, you know, taking the individual's basic information, their certain circumstances, and then taking a look at what the options are in their area and educating them on what the best health insurance or health care delivery options are for their needs. Is there, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to ask this question, but do you, do you find that there's a knowledge gap that people say like, look, call you up, Drew, I need health insurance. I need a health benefit. I don't know where to start. And I don't even know how to use it. What do all these words mean? How much education do you do on what's a deductible? What's your out-of-pocket maximum? What is a copay? How do you actually interact with the healthcare system when you are in an insurance plan? How much of that do you do versus somebody who's like, nope, I understand it. I totally get it. I think the terms that you just mentioned is what most people think, oh, that's all there is to healthcare, right? (laughs) Yeah. And you and I know that that's not the case, certainly in the individual space, right? If you're, if you're looking at a traditional group plan or even an ACA plan, those are going to be the biggest components, right? Deductible, max out-of-pocket, co-pays. They're buzzwords, right? You hear them all the time. Right. Nobody knows what the hell they mean or very few people do. Right. But, you know, the individual market is when the red and the blue side of our country get together and fight about health care, they're not fighting about employer-based health care. Maybe the rising costs, not the coverage, though. They're not fighting about Medicare coverage, maybe how to fund it, but not the coverage. But the individual market is what they're constantly is a tug of war. You got one administration strengthening the ACA and, and, and incentivizing people 
to go toward the ACA. Then another administration comes in and incentivizes people to go away from the ACA. And, and so there's this constant tug of war, which has left the industry so twisted up and that there certainly is a need for that education piece. So if I can't get a customer or a prospect to this position where you and I are, right, then they're just not going to be my customer, right? In other words, if I can't get 30 minutes of their time to explain to them what their situation is and why I think this is the best direction for them, then they're not going to be my customer. If somebody just wants the elevator pitch, what's my deductible? What's my copays? What's my price? Call a call center because that's how they're turning and burning them. It goes back to one of our favorite sayings on the show, healthcare or health insurance, excuse me, does not equal healthcare. Yeah. And so, you know, you started out in the politics of healthcare and the healthcare debate. Not one time did I actually hear anything that is equivalent to healthcare in any of the debates from like 12 years ago, or 11 years ago when the ACA was, it was all health insurance. And that's fine, right. you know, go do that, but don't conflate the two. No. And so that was the basis of, of, you know, my curiosity is, I think a lot of people believe still that I have to have health insurance in order to go see a doctor. Right. And it's just like, okay, wait a minute. How did we get to this point in time? If you want to believe that fine, if somebody is just staying awake at night thinking, what if a tree falls on my house? How am I going to pay my medical bills? Okay. You're not doing your research, but you know, working with BMT and working with your team, um, you know, we see, well, let me, let me, let me go this route with it. So we talked about from a competition standpoint, you know, it's tough to compete on the individual market and insurance, health insurance market with the Affordable Care Act. Are you finding pressure uh, in your product from the growing health share movement? We talk a lot about health shares. We see a lot, a lot of news, a lot of affordable ways to get um, what is essentially coverage kind of operates like pre-ACA insurance plans did. So how does what how do your plans either compete or fit in with health share options? Well, we don't compete with the ACA because it, if, a, if a consumer's best option is an ACA plan, that's where we'll take them, right? That's fair. That's fair. If a, yeah. if a small business owner's option or, or a consumer's best option is outside of the ACA, then that's where we'll take them. As far as health shares now, uh, you know, my my opinion on health shares, you know, I'm an insurance agent and have, you know, over the last couple of years really expanded uh, uh, my knowledge into the provider side, the medical billing world, you know, kind of kind of learned how more healthcare operates as a whole. And to your point just a moment ago, you know, this network of healthcare experts that I was talking about, it, it all starts with primary care, right? and chronic care management and catching these, these things early as early and promoting wellness, right? Uh, but back to your question on the health shares, you know, when it comes to a health share, it's not insurance. And I believe that w- when it comes to, especially my customers, I want a signed contract with the multi-billion dollar insurance company and a promise to pay, right? That's what insurance is. The first line in a health share plan, which again, you can't call these insurance, There's, right. it's sharing. The very yeah, first legally, line legally it's single, not even close yeah, to It's insurance. not guaranteed. One of the, the very first line in all of them is sharing is not guaranteed. Right. And so, you know, like MediShare is one of the, they were just pulled from Texas. You know, companies like Alira 
you know, that, that distributed, you know, had a half a million members are up to their ears in lawsuits. Now the health shares is just not my world. You know, sure. and I tell customers that, you know, I, I, I want to work with you. I want to get you an insurance plan, but again, anytime I can implement DPC and the new direction of healthcare, the patient centered model, that's what I want to educate my customer on. Yeah. And, and that's, like I said, I, I appreciate the, the clarity there and there just seems like such a lack of individual options. And that's why I, you know, I love the approach that you're taking, especially geared towards, like we mentioned, those, those sole proprietors, um, freelancers, people who are out there, kind of the gig economy workers. I, we've seen a ton of those. There's a huge growth in that driven by the pandemic. Um, what's your past year look like? You know, just out of my personal curiosity, I, I love to hear the story from business owners of, were you positively adversely affected by the, the uh, shifting demographics, the shifting kind of mindset of the pandemic and how we're all getting through that from a business standpoint? Well, our ACA business has certainly increased, right? Because uh, the new administration has increased the income requirements to be able to qualify for the subsidies on the marketplace. And even if you've collected one unemployment check this year, you automatically qualify for a free silver plan on the marketplace. But the whole year has basically been one big open enrollment period. So I was on, I was on a conference call with some United Healthcare executives and you know they've got a great portfolio of plans outside of the ACA. That business is down 20, 30% this year where their supplemental business is up 20, 30%. So people are buying ACA plans but they're still getting their dental and their vision. And you got to cover that $8,000 deductible. So they're still getting those gap plans. So as far as the pandemic, I've been doing business virtually since 2015 and, and have built a remote agency and have been, I actually started selling insurance over the phone in 05 when I had to still get a wet signature and I was faxing <laughs> contracts and, and mailing contracts to people and waiting for them to come back in the mail. You know, there was a couple of carriers that allowed you to do that. Our industry is 10, 20 years behind the times as it is. So I would say business has, it's made the consumer smarter, the pandemic. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, people are starting to understand the need for healthcare advocacy and a relationship with a broker or an expert, somebody that can explain all their options to them. As opposed to just getting on the phone with the smooth talking call center agent and giving their credit card over. You know, we have a, a YouTube um, series called Lion Ass Agents, where we'll <laughs> actually play the prospect, right? And it falls into the things I'm educating on, on my platforms is what are the problems with healthcare? Mm-hmm. Well, the agents is a big problem, right? And how these plans are being sold. And you're seeing health share plans being sold as major med. Mm. And it's just, it's sickening. And I don't blame the agent. It's not the agent. It's how they're trained. And then, you know, ultimately how, how we've been affected is our ACA business has grown. Uh, we've acquired more customers. Uh, what slowed down for us is our, our, our recruiting, bringing agents on board. You know, that's slowed down, you know, which. Interesting. Uh, Why, what do you think that is? Well, prior to, you know, late 2019, 
I was heading up that role. I would do recruiting, sales meetings, trainings, you know, and, and really drive that, you know, number, driving our distribution. In late 2019, I've always wanted to develop a product, right? And originally my vision was to develop an insurance product, but, you know, we need another accident plan in our business, like our country needs another pandemic, you know? <laughs> And really, what incentive could I give somebody to buy my accident plan over UHC's accident plan? You know, so so the light bulb went off with all of the connections and, you know, being a fly on the wall in all of these healthcare roundtables. And I said, man, you know, advocacy is growing, but it's so targeted to the large group space and the and the self-funded market and the there's really nobody doing advocacy for the individual. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent the better part of my la the last 18 months building, developing, launching an advocacy product. Um, and just recently brought in a national sales director to take over the distribution and he's done a phenomenal job. And yeah, Drew, I want to talk about that because yeah. You know, you mentioned that this is one of the first subscription memberships for an advocacy product coming from, you know, your industry. What does that mean? So if I was starting an advocacy firm, right, the typical advocacy marketing strategy, advocacy firm strategy would be to target health insurance companies or large self-funded groups, right? And they go to these companies and say, hey, give me $2 a month per member per month. And I will do, I will be an advocate for your policyholders, right? Or your employees, right? So does that mean like we're going to represent a call center for them? Like they'll call me and say, hey, where should I go get my knee scoped? Is yeah, that type yeah. of advocacy or are we talking something else? Kind of, yeah, kind of, you know, and care navigation is, is part of it, right? Okay. So, so, you know, who's paying the bill for that advocacy firm? The large group, Right. We're distributing our advocacy product direct to the consumer. So the consumer is paying us a, a monthly subscription. And so we have, in my opinion, we have more of a responsibility and, and certainly more of an incentive to go the extra mile to provide that better advocacy product to the individual. Not to mention, you know, like I said, I've spent, you know, I've acquired a lot of customers myself, right? And ultimately, it got to the point where I spent more time servicing my people than acquiring new customers. So I know what people need help with in the individual market, right? I can't tell you how many times a customer will have an ACA plan with an $8,000 deductible. They'll be hospitalized. They'll pay the $8,000 deductible. And they won't even remember that they had an $8,000 supplement to pay them back and cover their out-of-pocket. It's things like that that we can bring to the table and make sure that they're getting all the benefits they have coming, you know, that they're seeing the provider that caught, you know, at the, at the fairest cost. Um, so claim submission, you know, prescription drugs is a huge problem in our industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we mm -hmm. can we can get drugs from overseas at a fraction of the cost that we pay here. Yeah, you uh, mentioned you mentioned, you know, going back to you work directly with the individual. You're working directly with your customer. And that resonates, obviously, with what we're doing at Freedom. Uh, and what so many people in this industry are trying to do yeah. is direct to consumer healthcare. It is pure and simple. I am responsible to the guy I'm looking in the eye across the table. Right. We're not third parties. It's nothing dealing with, oh, somebody else is going to foot the bill and it's aggregate. And we all, you know, it's all. No, if I'm not doing right by the guy sitting across the table, I'm going to get fired. 
And that's right. not, that, that, that's not how I want to do business. And, and, you know, I'm putting myself in your shoes because I've lived that, right? We're there right now dealing, we deal with physicians, you're dealing with individuals, but putting people back in control and having that conversation directly with them. It's so important to me. It's really a no brainer because now there's no chance to hide a bunch of fees and, and, and make a bunch of money. Uh, and people have no idea what's going on. And right. so right. it's transparency the, the and it's accountability. To, the goal is to eliminate that surprise medical bill. Yeah. Right. You know, know, know what your coverage is going in, know what your financial responsibility is, if any, you know, for a procedure. Sometimes it's unavoidable. I tell our customers, if there's an emergency, just go. Don't call us. Go get the care. We'll work out the bills later. You know, and, and the way that we're distributing this is by is through educating the expert brokers of the industry. There's brokerages out there that, you know, distribute well over a billion dollars a year in premium, right? Well, if they can throw an advocacy fee on and, and hand a lot of that service off to us, it's advantageous for their customer. It's advantageous for the agent. It frees up the agent's time. They get a commission on the product. They, their persistency will be increased. And then they have more time to acquire more customers. So it's a win-win across the board. So we're getting a lot of interest from the individual market, which is, again, who you know the market that I've played in my whole career. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people within the direct care industry. Again, I'm approaching this from the care side, right? And, and, and to me, there's a seat at the table for everybody who is not trying to screw each other over. Absolutely. <laughs> Just plain and simple, right? Yep. But there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, you're insurance. I don't want to talk. Right, yeah. right, right. Right. With the conversation's over. What do you tell those people? Because I know that your model, again, going back to the direct to consumer, absolutely is compatible with DPC practices out there, educating your customers on how to become better patients, better consumers of healthcare services, you know, to, <laughs> to dumb it down. What do you tell those people out there that say, oh, have this very ideal image of what this could be. And you're saying, Hey guys, I'm one of the good guys. What's that conversation? Well, I, like? And this is something that I train our, our brokers on. And, and, you know, when I'm talking to other brokerages, I'm, you know, we're, we don't sell health insurance, you know, we're selling our service, right? And if you don't, if you can't sell your service or you don't believe in the service that you can provide, then you can't sell anything. So ultimately, you know, that, that, that's step number one. I don't, if I talk to a prospect, let's say I'm, I'm talking to, you know, I'm talking to you, Christopher, and I'm looking for an opportunity to earn your business. And then you got to get an individual plan. The first call we have, I'm not trying to close you, right? Like if you watch Lion Ass Agents, these agents won't even send you info on the plan that you're trying to, they're trying to sell you. Until you do, you know, first you got to do the application and give me the credit card and then you get the policy. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, so I tell them, look, in sales, right? Let's just talk sales for a second. How many contacts does it take to make a sale? Most sales experts say seven, eight, 12. I've heard 24 contacts. Yeah. So if, if we have our initial contact and I gather some info from you, I'm going to say, Christopher, I'm going to do my you know, homework. I'm going to look at some, you know, if you have any doctors, let, you know, in the area, let me know that you want to make sure accept the plan. And then let's set up an appointment in this setting where I can share my screen and you can see what I'm looking at. And I'll explain to you, I'll build my case as to why I think this product is the best option for you. 
in the meantime, I'm trying to get as many of those contacts in as possible. So they, by the time we talk again, they know me as much as pop, right? You know, and that's, and that, and that's a, a, again, why it's so important to build your online presence as a business, because people want to do business, especially in the small business world. They want to do business with people that they know. Right. Absolutely. Relationships they, are everything. Right. Yeah, so it goes they, back to direct selling directly to people. If you're unable to give a phone call and, and look somebody in the eye and do them right. Uh, it's easy to start cutting corners for sure. Um, yeah. Drew, I, I always, I always in, uh, enjoy ending these talks, you know, with the big question, right? It's uh, you're king for a day. You're the emperor of the United States. You got one day, all assuming powers, you're going to fix healthcare or maybe not even fix it. Maybe just improve upon what we are, tweak things. I'll let you be the decide, but what do you do? What's the perfect healthcare system in the United States? What does that look like? Um, it's a free market. Now, with that being said, you know, you got to take care of the most vulnerable. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Our system is really not as bad as most think. Okay. There really is an option for the majority of the people out there, whether it's Medicaid or Obamacare or the free market. But there's a couple things in the ACA plan that I would change right away. One is the MLR, right? The medical loss ratio which states that an insurance company has to spend 80% of the dollars they bring in on claims. And so that's why these large medical groups are happy to send an insurer a $10,000 bill for an MRI. And the insurer is happy to pay it because they got to reach that 80% threshold anyway. You cut that 80% threshold, you bring premiums down, right? I would implement some sort of reference-based pricing. Maybe it doesn't mirror Medicare because most medical groups say they couldn't stay in business if, they, you know, if every service was being paid out at the cost of Medicare. But maybe it's two times reference-based pricing or three times reference-based pricing, but you put a limit on it. And those would be just a couple of things. But you know, if I had one day, I would get those two things done right away and then I would, uh, I would seek out the churning call centers that are enrolling hundreds and thousands, tens of thousands of consumers with a one-size-fits-all product and selling it in such a deceitful manner, you know, and I would get them out of business. And, and it, it's getting better, right? But I used to say five years ago, nobody has a relationship with their health insurance broker. Everybody knows their auto guy, right? Or their lawyer or their accountant or their realtor. But nobody knows their health insurance guy. But that that is so important today to have a relationship with your healthcare expert advisor. I think we'll have some people listening who say are shaking their heads like, "Yeah, those are those are good ideas. I love the medical loss ratio." Uh, bringing that up, I mean, that is a little nugget of information that almost nobody knows about. And they say, "Well, why are these costs so high?" It's like, "Well, if uh, I'm well, limited twenty percent to, to operate, if I'm limited twenty percent margin, yeah, yeah." I said, I'd rather have 20% of a billion dollars and 20% of a hundred dollars. The ratio stays the same, but if I can inflate costs, so be it. So be it. So Drew, I, I like those ideas, man. I, uh, I, I really do. And I think you're the first person who's brought that up. So I do appreciate that as well. Drew Elson, CEO, Benefits Management Team. Drew, thanks again for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Once again, I'm your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. 
Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. The new administration has big plans for your health insurance, changes that can limit your choices. The Affordable Care Act created a one-size-fits-all plan. Healthcare is not a one-size-fits-all problem. The premise of the ACA is that coverage equals care. It does not. This is Eric Wilson from iSolve Incorporated, and I recently saved a family in their 50s almost $600 per month with our free market plan. Act now. Protect yourself with a plan that cannot be canceled. This is a nationwide PPO plan, which allows you to pick your doctors and hospitals. Start saving 30 to 60% today. If you are self-employed, purchase your own health insurance, or are uninsured, you can lock in a private plan managed by you, not the government. Call me, Eric Wilson, an expert with 17 years experience at 888-448-5370. That's 888-448-5370. Or go to iSellHealth.com. That's iSellHealth.com a free market, affordable approach to healthcare. I look forward to speaking with you. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.